Every minute, every moment counts. Hello, I'm Julie Hyde, and I understand what it takes to make these moments count for leadership, business, and your life. This podcast will deliver insights and game-changing leadership moments that will allow you to level up and shine a light for those around you. Let's get into today's episode. I'm delighted to have the amazing Georgia Harding with me today. So Georgia is a naturopath with 20 plus years of experience, an author, mother, and passionate health educator. On her website, she shares fad-free health advice and intolerance allergy-friendly recipes to inspire people to live happy, healthy lives and create delicious food memories. Georgia is committed to supporting the health of this generation and especially loves to help parents feed their children well. She endeavors to simplify nutrition and make cooking nourishing meals achievable for everyone. So welcome, Georgia. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Julie. Pleasure. So excited to get into this chat. And um, I've spoken to a couple of people saying that you're going to be a guest on the podcast and they're very excited to hear things. And as we just said, I'm very grateful to you for um, creating recipes for delicious vegetarian meals as well. So I can get my husband to eat a delicious vegetarian meal once a week. So that's awesome. Awesome. (laughs) That's great. Now, this podcast is called Making It Count. So what is the one thing that you are doing to make it count in your world? Look, my mission in life is to encourage people to find ways to eat healthy food, healthy whole food consistently. I don't buy into any food fads. I am very practical in the way that I approach food. And I'd just love to see more people with amazing relationships with food like myself and my my family have so yeah just really helping people to eat well consistently is definitely how I like to feel that I, I I'm making it count in life definitely so now you have built a real community with well nourished which is your website and I'll be sharing all the links in terms of how people can get in contact with you but what inspired you to create that community? It actually started, I was a naturopath in clinical practice for a long period of time and I had my daughter and then we actually moved from Perth to Queensland and then I had my son um, and I actually studied a post-grad in that time thinking that I would go back into clinical practice but the reality was that my husband was working away a lot and I actually had a good friend of mine who was a naturopath with a couple of massively busy clinics come over and stay with us and you know we feasted all weekend and cooked and I suppose she watched me in my absolute element in the kitchen and uh you know she was just in awe of how easy it actually was to create you know delicious delicious healthy food and you know we started chatting about I was at that point where I needed to make a decision about what I wanted to do. I wanted to go back into the workforce, definitely. And she she was like, why don't you start a blog? And I was like, what is a blog? <laughs> no idea. I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have Instagram. Didn't even know what those things were, to be honest. I'm not tech savvy at all. Anyway, I spoke to a guy at my husband's work and he built me a you know little basic website and we even at that very lunch we bantered around names and I loved, you know, we came up with Well Nourished because I felt like it incorporated everything about living a healthy, happy life. You know, it wasn't, even though my focus is food, I feel like being well nourished is so much more than food and I do try to 
touch on that with my community quite regularly. Yeah, so Well Nourished was born, that was nine years ago. You know, in that time, you know, we have, I think, almost 100,000 people across the website every month, you know, have a a massive community of of followers on socials, which I learned to, um, it's very steep learning curve, this website business. Yeah, learned to operate. And, you know, to start with, I worked solo with the help of tech support, because as I said, I'm not at all tech savvy. And yeah, now I run a membership called the Well Nourished Family, um, about to launch a program. So yeah, a lot has happened in nine years. As I said, very steep learning curve. Yeah, and it's incredible. So we are like you come up with really interesting recipes. And I just always think, how do you how do you do that? How do you come up with them all the time? I literally live and breathe food. It's like my I've I've discovered like I'm quite a creative person naturally, even though I studied a science, naturopathy, but there is a very creative element to being a naturopath as well. But, you know, prior to that, I did an arts degree. So I've always been very creative and it's become my creative outlet. I'm married to a real foodie and I, as a result of, you know, loving food and him being a really adventurous eater, you know, we've eaten at some incredible restaurants around the world. Like whenever we've travelled, our travel is centred around you know, eating at, you know, the what's kind of the, the best restaurants in the world. So I'm really blessed there and I'm just always experimenting. I just love putting combinations of flavours together and and just achieving flavour combinations like using basic ingredients as well. It, it used to frustrate me when I'd a recipe and I'd have to go and buy special sauces that just sat in the pantry and got wasted and I hate food waste with a passion. So I'm always trying to come up with flavour combinations. Like recently I did a a pad thai recipe and I was like, I don't want to go and buy like those one-off Asian sauces that you never use before. So, you know, with, you know, basic ingredients like, like a tomato sauce or tomato passata and yeah, and some vinegars and things, literally it is spot on. Like it's as authentic as, as, um, as it comes. Plus, you know, look, I've traveled a lot. So yeah, I just love eating my way around the world. <laughs> I, I literally will wake up in the middle of the night if I'm having a, a sleepless night and I start creating recipes. It's just what I do. Love it. I wish I was your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, the neighbors don't get a look in because I've got two hungry teenagers. So. <laughs> And then used to be be fighting them. Now, you're really passionate about nutrition and the healing aspect of food. Can you share a little bit about that with us and how food actually heals us? Look, I, I feel that food has the potential to either switch on or switch off good and bad genes. You know, our food literally talks to to our genetic makeup and you know, it's the one thing that we do consistently in our lives is we eat. Food plays a massive role in our health and our well-being, both physical and, and mental. I feel that, you know, we have perhaps as the years have gone by, there's a, a growing disconnect with food and where it comes from and its power to heal us. Any whole food has the ability to heal us. I find it really hard when people ask me to, you know, write an article on, you know, the healing benefits of a particular food because, or a particular groups of foods, because they have, there are so many known and scientifically validated healing effects of food. So, you know, we all are just a a bunch of genes and a bunch of cells and, you know, our food 
talks to those. As I said, you know, our genetic makeup I see as, as the loaded gun and it's our environment and the food that we eat that has the ability to pull the triggers. You know, it's it's powerful. It really is powerful. And I, I look at one of my favourite, you'll see in a lot of my recipes, they have perhaps the simplest of simplest methods. That's what I always achieve, like strive to achieve. But often they have long lists of ingredients because I like to jam in as much nutrition as possible into a recipe. I feel like if you're going to bother cooking, you might as well cook something well and a lot of herbs and spices. And herbs and spices are just like power pockets of plant-based nutrition and they really are so medicinal. When I was in clinical practice, I used herbal medicine a lot um, with my patients. It was, again, my real passion. It was to create, you know, incredible herbal tonics customised to the person to, to help them achieve their health goals. And now I use herbs and spices in the same way when, when I'm cooking. And, yeah, it's very rare to find a recipe of mine that doesn't have at least one or ten herbs and spices in it. Do you recommend using fresh where possible? And and are the, you know, the dried herbs, are they okay to? Yeah, absolutely. That little rack of, of herbs and spices that you have in your pantry or cupboard, there's so much healing potential. And, you know, there's a few herbs and spices that have recently, you know, had the spotlight shone on them, things like turmeric. For example, you know, we, most people now know how incredibly anti-inflammatory turmeric is and as most of the modern day diseases involve some degree of inflammation obviously it's a spice that gets spoken about a lot but you know all of them have the most incredible you know levels of antioxidants and they a lot of them are very anti-inflammatory and immune supportive and you know able to to really support our health in, in ways that I think it, they're underestimated. I really do think they're underestimated. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of, of herbs and spices. That's really, really good to know because I'm assuming like with the healing aspect, it's the same with the preventative as well. So, and is it about knowing what works for you? Yeah, absolutely. We're not all designed the same way. I think that, you know, as a naturopath, definitely healing the person in front of me was really important. And I think that it's the same with food, you know, and that's where fad diets sometimes really come unstuck. Even the really good ones, like the ones that are very whole food based. One that I come across often is um, people talk about digestive dysfunctions really, really common and people are like, well, you have to do the GAPS diet. So I've seen some people who've really, really gone downhill on GAPS diet. And often it's because the actual foundation of their gut problem isn't rooted in the gut itself more it's more stress um and adrenally based and they end up putting themselves under this enormous pressure to to follow this you know strict diet which then causes them more stress which then exacerbates their gut issues so you know you really do have to everyone is an individual we're not all made up the same so yeah the food you know it makes sense that the food we eat and and the the way that we eat is very individual. But, I mean, the one thing that is consistent is that everyone thrives on a whole foods diet and no one thrives on processed food. I mean, I'm a realist. Definitely there are many processed foods that, that we consume, but we do so knowingly so and cautiously. So, yeah, you know, as I said, I would rather 
be fed by a plant or you know fed by nature than I would by industry you know and and cooking is again people go looking for the magic bullet and for me the magic bullet is cooking as much of what you eat as possible from scratch to me it doesn't matter if it's gluten-free dairy-free I mean I obviously in my recipes cater to dietary intolerance because they're just so prevalent at the moment and definitely obviously if you're you have an intolerance or an allergy then you need to 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 eat accordingly but you know cooking as much of what you eat as possible is so important you know food industry industry doesn't cook the way that we cook we don't cook a casserole and say oh we'll just throw some high fructose corn syrup in that and some msg you know we don't do that so for me when you cook your own food it's not a matter of so much of even the goodness that you're eating but it's also what you're not eating that counts Absolutely. And I love what you said there. I'd rather be fed by a plant than be fed by industry. So that's something really easy to keep in the back of your mind as well. And you mentioned before that whole food really supports us mentally as well. So can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Like how does food contribute to our psychological well-being? Is that just come back to how we're how we're feeling? Oh gosh, in so, so many ways. Absolutely. I mean, we all know when we don't eat well, we don't feel good either physically or mentally. You know, we we feel sluggish. I often think when I'm asked to speak on mental health and food, I often think back to a patient that's stuck with me my entire life. And that was someone who had come to me who'd been diagnosed with bipolar. And I mean, obviously this is, you know, an extreme case but when we went through her diet you know she was on a really bad vicious roundabout of just loads of stimulants loads of sugar you know I worked with her on her diet and it was incredible the difference in just like four weeks the difference between me seeing her and then seeing her four weeks later you know when you're eating really starchy carbohydrate you know laden foods lots of sugar your blood sugars end up you end up on this seesaw and your mood very much reflects that like we all know when we eat sugar we often will feel kind of on a high you get a bit of a buzz and you you feel quite up and then what happens is that your body releases hormones to push that sugar from your blood into your cells and then you end up with a thundering crash and you end up you know and then you might feel quite flat some cravings might kick in there's just so many ways that that food affects our mental well-being I was writing some content for a program that I'm putting together about helping parents to raise food loving whole food loving kids and and combating food fussiness and I was talking about protein and you know so many processed foods are um, very very protein deficient and you know we need protein to make the hormones like our feel-good hormones and the neurotransmitters that make our brain work well and and help us to think clearly and you know when you're eating a, a protein like a, a processed diet that's very protein deficient then your body just simply can't make the neurotransmitters that you need to feel good so I mean I could go on and on for hours about it but they're just a couple of small examples of just how important yeah and and obviously just making sure that our nutritionally we're satisfied and for me that just comes from eating a, a diet that of home-cooked whole foods and also having really good variety because when you have good variety in your diet, you really extend the amount of nutrition that your body's able to absorb from, from your food. So 
again, a lot of people fall into the trap of eating well, but eating the same foods over and over and over again. And that also, as I said, really limits the ability to, to really truly nourish your body and your mind. We are all leaders, but you cannot be a leader of others unless you are a leader of self first. Over the past two decades, I've empowered hundreds of leaders to deliver positive impact to the business they are representing, resulting in extraordinary sales growth and high staff retention rates. I'm often asked the question, how can I work with you, Julie? Here's how. I present one-hour keynotes to corporations, providing practical tools and strategies for leaders and their teams to take control of busy, to be intentional with their actions and achieve the high performance results that they're looking for. I also work one-on-one with a select few ambitious and courageous leaders who understand the key to creating their success starts with them. So if you'd like to connect, you can find me at juliehyde.com.au. So on your website, you have like so many fabulous recipes and in your program as well. What do you think are the keys to eating this way most of the time? And what should people be doing to ensure that they can achieve that throughout the week, month, whatever that looks like for them, however they plan? It always fascinates me that people have systems and structures around so many different parts of their life, but when it comes to eating well, they just wing it. That just doesn't work, unfortunately. You know, I have very, like, just repeatable systems that I have in place. You know, I shop once a week at my local farmer's market. So my fridge uh, is really well stocked. I probably put an online shopping order in once every few months because we don't eat a lot of food from supermarkets. But, you know, things like oils, like olive oils and mustards and nut butters and stuff like that get stocked up on. So just having a routine around your shopping, first and foremost, I think is really important. So many people tell me they don't have time to cook, yet they go to the shop every single day. And I know every time I have to go to the shop, there's, you know, and I live right near a shop, but there's 20, 30 minutes gone out of my day that I could have been spent, like I could have spent actually cooking a meal. So having a routine around shopping, I think is really important. And these days, God, it's made so easy for us. You know, we have so many amazing farmers markets. We have online shopping that's available to us. And, you know, we can create lists and just go in and literally with the click of a button have, you know, all the foods we need delivered to our door if need be. So the other thing is I would say definitely meal planning is, especially if cooking doesn't come naturally to you, then meal planning is important if you can go into a week knowing what you need to do or knowing what needs to be done, again, that's a massive load off your mind, but also you're you know, going to save money because you're not going to be buying ingredients that you're not going to use again. And, you know, you're not going to be throwing out like, you know, I've heard stats that we waste a third of like one out of three shopping bags ends up in the bin in Australia. And that's just frightening. So, you know, planning ahead. And a lot of people think, you know, like the one of the key think parts of my membership is we've developed like this incredible meal planning software that just makes it really, really easy for people to put together meal plans really quickly and really easily. But they often think that if they're not planning out every meal for every night of the week, then all of a sudden they're not being successful. They're not successful meal planners. I completely 
don't subscribe to that. I think if you plan and you manage to cook two meals for the week, you're a whole lot better off than if you haven't managed to do that. Or, you know, like for me, if I can just plan and sometimes I will prep ahead, which is another tip. Like if you're really super busy, if I know I've got a crazy busy week ahead, Sunday I might spend an hour or two actually cooking a couple of meals and throwing them in the the fridge or the freezer for the following week. But, you know, if I've just got two meals done for the week, and I mean, if you double batch two meals for the week, you've got four meals that you've cooked for the week. So, you know, it's not that easy. So that's another tip I would say is definitely if cooking is not easy and you are time poor, don't ever cook for one meal always find recipes that can be double batched and that you can, you know, pop in the fridge. So things like curries, anything slow cooked, um, lasagnas, pasta sauces, like there's so many things that hold up really well. In fact, often improve in flavour, you know, if they're cooked ahead. So yeah, cooking ahead and and batch cooking. I definitely do this with baking. I Baking isn't something I overly enjoy doing yet. I, and we don't have a lot of baked things, but I find it handy just for my hungry teenagers to be able to put in like, you know, a nice muffin or cake or even like savoury slice or something in their lunchbox. And so I'll make tray loads of that, you know, pop them in the fridge or freezer. Yeah, it's just about having systems and structures in place just to help you eat well more consistently. And as I said, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, I I just always, if you can just do a couple of things, you know, if you eat one more vegetable for the week than you would ordinarily, you're better. If you buy one less takeaway meal a week, then you're ahead of the game already. And healthy habits can be built on, you know, often start slowly make some incremental changes to the way that you eat and the systems around your eating. And then all of a sudden it's just second nature. It's just, we all know that feeling of autopilot and even I have it. I I mean, I'm constantly creating new recipes because I add three new recipes every single week just into my membership portal. And then I also create recipes for other businesses, for magazines. And so I'm constantly creating new recipes but there are times when you know I'm you know feeling a bit hormonal or I just don't feel fantastic I've had a really busy busy week I just go back to the recipes that I know inside out and I hang them out in two minutes flat and that's actually another tip if you know especially being female you know we have cycles um, that we have to live by and if you know that um, you know perhaps you're not going to feel good at a certain part of the month then just make sure that you have some meals in the freezer ahead you know for those times so I find having meals in the freezer is the best if something um unexpected happens or you just can't be bothered like let's be honest sometimes just can't be bothered but you're right in terms of having you know some really great you know fresh food in the fridge is absolutely key and just knowing you can go to the fridge and you know cook easily rather than having to go out go to the shops and then you get sucked into things is so critical and I find knowing what I'm going to cook for the week on Sunday just relieves so much pressure and so much um, gives me back so much more space to think about other stuff it's just taking care of that decision making all in one space and you're done and you can just move on so one of the things I know the members, like the members in my group 
you know, there's over 2,000 of them at the moment. They they love they like they love the fact that my recipes use pretty much similar groups of ingredients. So as long as you have all of you know, like there's an assortment of spices and you know sauces and condiments and things like that. As long as they're always there, you can literally whip up almost anything. And yeah, like you said, just just having that. Yeah, it's just systems. You know, my business wouldn't operate without systems. I couldn't do what I do without systems in place. But as I said, and most people are the same. They have systems around their kids' activities and, you know, everything's all of those things are mapped out. But the very thing that enables them to, you know, move forward and not have to have sick days and, and lives to run smoothly is kind of neglected. Yeah, as I said, on a mission to, to reverse that thought process. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned before, like you have, you know, incredibly busy days and you've got a, a growing business. You've got a team of four people. Your mom, no, seven. seven. Oh my God. Growing that rapidly. It's being added to very, very quickly. Yeah. So you've got a team of seven, your mom, your wife. So, and everything else that comes with that. So how do you create some space for you? Because you always look the picture of health. Uh, I have to be honest with you. If I have one downfall in the way I nourish myself, that that is my one real sticking point. I'm so passionate. I love what I do so much. I have so much energy for it. And I, look, I do. I feel good on a daily basis. So I have energy to give. But I also have experienced sickness in my life and that resulted out of just complete burnout of just trying to be that super mum of you know going back to work when my back into clinical practice when my daughter was five weeks old you know pumping breast milk in between and you know that lasted about two years and and then I burnt out so I am aware of, of the potential to burn out Look, things that I do for me again if it's not scheduled it doesn't happen so I um, have like every fortnight I have a, a TCM practitioner, an acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner who I see. She's just my go-to person. I go there for an hour, I have acupuncture, I lay there and I feel amazing. So I'm so committed to wellness and I know that I can't keep up the pace that I keep um, without that kind of support. I have a massage booked in once a month. You know, I get my hair done once a month, mostly because I'm so grey. I don't, that's kind of... That, that that choice has been removed but um you know yeah so I just try and book in and, and I'm constantly working I'm constantly working and thinking about the pace that I keep because I'm 50 now and I'm very critical something about turning 50 that makes you critically aware of the fact that some time for me is is important so yeah I've just it's interesting I've been very curious lately as to why finding time for myself isn't as easy as it should be but you know look I enjoy reading and as I said I enjoy the creative for me cooking is like meditating it's just my happy place and yeah I'm really blessed to have something that can be combined and worked into into a, a business that I love so 100% so you mentioned before about a new program that you're writing so is that what is next for well nourished and and for Georgia yeah absolutely so um to be honest with you this is a program that I started putting together 10 years ago 
when I realized that my kids, well, I was constantly told that the way that my kids ate was not normal. And I was like, but why is it not normal for me? There's nothing abnormal abnormal about it. And how, yeah, when I realized they were quite different to a lot of kids and that they pretty much accepted most foods, we had moments without a doubt where they push back and they still do, to be honest, now that they're teenagers. But I started, before I even started Well Nourished, I started putting together all of the things that I'd learned over many years of, you know, seeing children in my practice. I saw a lot of kids um, and the one thing that I saw amongst these children who were really, really unwell were that they either had really poor diets or they had really poor variety within their diet. Yeah, this was something I, I started kind of, you know, I'd been working with a lot of parents with their, their fussy eaters, even before I had kids of my own. And it was just a real burning passion for me. And it, it kind of always has been, but I never got to the point where I felt like I, I'm a perfectionist. So I never deliver anything that's less than what I see as, as perfect as it can be. In my mind, obviously there's always room for improvement, but I'd worked on this project, but I felt like there was something lacking. And then I realized that there were gaps that I couldn't fill with my knowledge. So I actually teamed up, gee, we probably started working together on this over five years ago with a psychotherapist. And yeah, we put together this program. It's called Raising Well-Nourished Kids. And basically uh, it's a, a 10 part program, self-paced where we really bring together our expertise to support people in raising children who love eating whole foods. But so much more than that as well. I mean, Jane, who I work with, has brought a level of expertise that allows us to to really embrace that word well-nourished. And, um, you know, I'm really passionate about and excited to release this because, as I said, it's so much more than food. We talk a lot about food and the basic premise obviously is around food, but I've just seen so many children held back in their lives because they don't have a great relationship with food and I want to change that and I want to make eating whole foods normal um, and accepted yeah, I'm ready to take on the, the the food industries that have made us believe that, you know, children should eat kids' food and adults should eat adult food and, and really dumb down the kind of food that, that kids eat. And, look, so many kids are just getting, you know, the, the rate of disease amongst children is just growing so exponentially. Something needs to change. And there's no amount of supplementation or medicine that is going to fix this generation and I feel I feel like the program is not only impacting this generation but subsequent generations because I know my kids are going to go on to teach their kids how to have a great relationship with food and so on and so on and so on so I feel that yeah it, it starts now and yeah I'm super excited we're launching it we're launching a beat around on the 8th of June Okay, so really soon. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah, we're right. As I said, it's been a long time coming. It's not like something I've just thrown together in the last few months. It's only been 10 years. So, (laughs) Well, it's coming to fruition. So this is so exciting. I can see that you're so, you are very excited about it. And it absolutely is clearly linked to your mission and your purpose, which is just wonderful. So Georgia, I've so loved our chat. 
And I cannot recommend the Well-Nourished website highly enough and the Instagram, which we'll share all the links. It's just amazing. So I'm so grateful for your time and thank you for being so generous. Thank you, Julie. Lovely to talk to you as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode and I trust that you enjoyed leaning into one of the precious moments shared. I invite you to leave your thoughts as a review in support of this show. You can also share with your network and even rate and review it. I would appreciate that feedback and connection. I'd love to connect on LinkedIn or Instagram via my handle, Julie Hyde Leads. Until next time, live and lead intentionally and make it count. Make it count.